Hi, and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is uh, Simon Sweetman, and you, this is the fourth episode of Sweetman Podcast. Um, had a chat to Lisa Tomlins. She's a Wellington-based singer. She's a, a lead vocalist, a background vocalist, a backing singer. Um, she does cameos. She will... Uh, well, as she says herself in the podcast, she doesn't quite turn up to the opening of an envelope, but she has played with just about anyone and everyone in music, and um, they all go for her and her sound because um, because she's so good. And I first met Lisa a long time ago, over a decade ago, probably 15 years ago, maybe nearly 20 years ago. I, I first saw her play in my early days living in Wellington and knew she was a great singer then, and then... She has that quality where she's um, her voice has appeared on tracks by artists that I don't really care about in some cases, and then she's also played with some of my heroes, uh, and she just has a way of lifting a track. She has a certain something in her voice, and when you watch her perform live, um, there's an energy about the way she uh, conveys a song that's that's pretty hypnotic, pretty intoxicating. And in recent years, she's been de- DJing a bit as well. We talk about that towards the end of the podcast. Um, she's involved with a, a DJ kind of group called Chocolate Box. And yeah, it was a fun chat. Lisa came around to my house with a box of tissues and a cold and a cough. And there's a tiny bit of static at uh, kind of interference at, in the early moments of the interview. But uh, we soldiered on. There's a few coughs and hiccups. Um, and we just talked about how she got into singing, why she does it. I don't think she's really sure why she does it, but I, I know she uh, she can't not do it. And um, yeah, I thought it was a fun chat. So check it out. This is me talking to Lisa Tomlins. Thinking about the 90s and how yeah. it kind of condensed down to like a five-minute montage. So And it's all good stuff. So yeah, I yeah. Yeah, can't remember any of the shit stuff. Well, I was going to say, if this... Um, you know, we could reel off names of people you've played with and, and worked with and contributed to Trinity Roots, Fat Freddy's Drop, Little Bushman, Holly Smith, Shapeshifter, Recluse, Twinset, Rhombus, Fly My Pretties. And if it was a roast, I would I could say anyone good. Um, <laughs> but but it's not, it's a podcast. And, and and all of those acts have done some some pretty good stuff, have in some cases done some fantastic stuff, certainly have audiences that dig what they do um, and you've been in some cases a very background player and in other cases you've been kind of a, a star player and a, a big part of these things I suppose so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't, I don't know if I think of it in terms of of um, yeah in those sorts of terms I kind of just think of everything as a a fun thing to do. <laughs> I imagine, I mean, knowing a little bit what I know about you and some of the people in the bands we've just named, you probably see it as I'm um, just playing some music with my friends. Yeah. Like, like you guys, totally. a lot of you, not maybe not everyone on that list, but pretty close to that list, you all kind of came up at a similar time or, or at least some of the people of those bands came up at a similar time as yeah. you. Yeah, and they, they just have been really kind enough to say, hey, you want to come and come along for a little bit of the ride? I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. Because, you know, I genuinely enjoy what they do and mm. and like hanging out with them, so it's mm. pretty easy. <laughs> so before you got to this 
Or that kind of point, because that's even going back oh, 15 years. Yeah. Or so, some of, those pro- some of those are ongoing, or you revisit them, but some of those projects are, are in the past. Before you even got to that, um, where did you kind of start before you were doing that? Was it, you're, you're in covers bands, you're doing karaoke? Pop chart, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, total... Um, because I think when I started doing any kind of music, because, you know, like at high school and stuff like that, you get into musical theatre because it's it's performance and it's singing, because I can't act my way out of a freaking wet paper bag, but yeah. um, it's, it's performance and that's what I, I enjoy doing. I like telling tales with songs. Uh, um. Now you say that, but to be a singer, and I think particularly to be um, the sort of singer you are, by which I mean as adaptable, as versatile as, as you are, and someone who um, performs songs that other people have not just written, but other you know standards, or you're sitting in for someone, you kind of have to be some sort of actor. You do become, you learn to yeah. play, play a role within the song. Yeah. Or, yeah, totally. But is that something like, that's what you learnt from doing the, high the, school and yeah. moving on up through there? Totally. That's a byproduct of learning to sing. Yeah, yeah. And then um, when I got out of high school, it was kind of like the the era of um, karaoke, you know, it's like everyone you can can be a 15-minute star, as it, as it were, on the bloody stage at um, bloody Mid-City or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that was a huge game changer for a lot of people, like, yeah. uh, especially those who didn't know how to play a music instrument, like myself, um, or who wasn't very good at it. Um, so school, so, school yeah. was where? School was up a hut. Yeah. And... <laughs> but you were you were born in Wanganui? Yeah, yeah. No, well, don't well, stay there long. <laughs> no, no. I I um, talked to Darren Watson for the first episode of this, and he was a Wanganui born. Oh right. Boy, but didn't spend long there. And I um I wasn't born in Wanganui, but I had a, a brief stint there as a youngster. Right. It's a good good place to leave. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, like, uh, were yeah, you there for yeah. long? Were you there for... No, probably about a year, okay, maybe. so you've got no, no recollection of it whatsoever. Yeah. Well, that's not entirely true. I do remember things like um, the park that my parents took me to, the, the one by the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water, I, you know, the big Fred Flintstone and the... It had a Humpty Dumpty <laughs> thing yeah, on it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And a castle. Yeah, I remember that too from <laughs> being a two-year-old or whatever. Yeah. Mo- probably mostly from photographs, actually, like sort of informing that memory but yeah I think because my parents had a house there and they um, when they left we went to Waiuru mm. and um, yeah well, from one extreme to the other um, and they because they were both in the army and so we had to go back to that house at some stage to clear out the property and, because they were selling it off so yeah and that's, I remember that because, yeah, I was a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. So Upper Hut's... Upper Hut's home. Home. Been there that's, three. Yeah, right. So that's yeah. kind of born and bred. Not born, but that's... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, Close that's, enough. That's, that's the base. That is definitely where, like, I didn't hear soul music until I was about 
I don't know, 18. Right. Yeah. So what was what was the first thing that grabbed you about music, or what was the first music that, that grabbed onto you? Um, I guess because, like, both my parents and my older sister have eclectic tastes, right? Yeah. Uh, well, with Dad, it's strictly jazz. He's an old-school Oscar Peterson loving. Nice, yeah. Um, and, and he used to play yeah. piano, or he still does at home, but... He used to play piano in bands when he was 16 years old, you know, growing up in Hawks Bay. And he's playing jazz stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and dance, dance yeah, music yeah. of the yeah. day, because yeah. the big dance halls, yeah. they'd have a once a month party where they, you know, had him and his mates would go play, or... Yeah. Yeah, totally learnt by ear, and was one of those guys who could just, you know, rock up to a gig and... Yeah. Smash it out <laughs> at yeah. a very early age. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your mum played as well? Um, or she sung, did. Or yeah, but that was mostly for family parties. And yeah. That was that was their thing. Um, she was never a performer yeah. like Dad was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but would, you know, in a big group where everyone's... Yeah. having a few drinks and enjoying each other's company, that, mm. that's where she'd be at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess um, mum was into everything. She it was just her favourite collections of music were like Bob Marley to Roger Whittaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like really eclectic. Yeah, yeah. And my sister, you know, um, growing up had the Led Zeps and the um, ACDCs and, yeah, yeah. and Heart. And yeah. all of that kind of seventies rock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we always had different musical tastes yeah. through the house. Well, what was your your sort of purchase on on that? What was your connection to? Did you find a particular thing that you went, I like this, or I want to? Even in terms of getting into singing, I want to emulate this, or or as a listener, what was really doing it for you out of all of this? eclectic, you know, clash of worlds. Yeah, so so bizarre. I don't know. I think I think I I got the feeling of it from like any any type of music from quite an early age. And yeah. like, I I like all sorts of music. Like good examples of. Um and as long yeah, I kinda understood the feel that they were mm-hmm. portraying, I guess, through through their songs. Even though I might not have understood the song and uh, you know what they were about, yeah, Sh- yeah. I remember being very young and liking "In My House" uh, by Mary Jane Girls <laughs> and going, "Yeah, like one of these really cool songs." Yeah, not really knowing what it was about, but hey. <laughs> so you said um, good examples of when do you start to know what's what's bad music? I think I think well only when you get. When you get older, you become a little bit more discerning, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Right. Um. Because I, I, I like to shop for a bit of vinyl too. Yeah. And I kind of drop the needle halfway into a tune, and within the first seconds, if it just grabs, grabs me, yeah. then I'll, I'll keep it or I'll. And of course, aside. when you say about becoming discerning, and you're talking about sort of checking out vinyl to play and to buy, that's when all of a sudden bad music can start to sound quite good again as well. Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> it comes totally. Yeah. It's, yeah, and I the mean, things you thought were pretty good don't sound so flashy. It's all subjective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I class as a good song. I guess if it moves me physically or moves me emotionally, either mm. one of those would mm. be. Mm. You, awesome. in, your, in your job, you've probably had to. You, you don't need to um, sort of name examples unless you want to, but I'm sure you've had to name uh, sing songs you could really give a fuck about when it comes down to. Oh. Probably, probably now you're in a position where you get to choose a bit more what you want to do. Yeah, um, but at the same time, I can always find something about any song that I've, I've had to perform. Yeah. Whether I, you know, I'm, generally I like them. Generally, yeah. I like everything. My God, discerning. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not discerning at all. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Well, it's it's a bit of a trait of singers to to do what you said to sort of find the good in yeah. a song I think and to be uh, it sort of comes a bit to that what I was getting at that singers do become particularly singers that sing on the stage do become good actors they do learn to embody and embrace some part of the story behind a song to, yeah. to sell that so they find something in it um, so we I mean when did you sort of recognise that you had a voice you could do something with that it wasn't just like something to do at school to a, a I don't know I don't think I don't think I've actually come to that realisation yet <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I ever will but um, I just so that's I what just keeps really this, enjoy it that's what keeps you doing it I think <laughs> so it, yeah, you never you never learn everything and if you do you might as well friggin give up you know um, but yeah I, I guess I, I'm still still looking for that you're um, <laughs> you're sort of um, humble to a point that goes beyond self-effacing. Oh, which is, yeah. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Which is a fun interviewee um, <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to dispute anything that I that I say that you've done that that, that means something. But um, career high points of recent times touring the world with Neil Finn. Oh, without a doubt, really. All, all time <laughs> all time career high point. I'm sure for anyone that has done that in a previous band of his or yeah well I mean he looked after us really well you yeah. know and and singing all those songs that you, you've kind of forgotten um how much you know of his catalogue catalog. yeah yeah jeez yeah. he's he's outstanding I think um it's been interesting like that tour and because I saw the Wellington show and and loved that and seeing I guess that tour progress and even some of the things he's doing now he, he is bringing back a few songs he hasn't played for a while yeah and, you know he is actually and that's my favourite point of the night actually yeah. when he starts just doing solo stuff yeah. he's out there stripped back there's a guitar or piano or whatever and he's singing the shit out of all of those beautiful songs yeah. you know and yeah. I remember there was one point I was sitting backstage and because we'd all sit there you know a couple of the kids would have wine in their hands and they'd just be like cheering and yeah. between each song. But we'd sit off to the side and listen to everything. And I just remembered there's, um, one song I'd never heard before, Edible Flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I cried my eyes out. Yes. <laughs> I was just kind of sitting there with my eyes closed and thinking, shit, this is so beautiful. It's a beautiful song, that. And it just really got me quite emotional. I was just it's like, get it together, you have to go back out there again. Like, you know, <laughs> trying not to um, let the mascara run too. Yeah, that's one of those songs from, I think, when 
where him and Tim connect best is 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 not so much when they're co-writing, but just when they're writing together and sharing yeah. things together. They seem to sort of bring these nice family memories out of one another. Yeah, and, yeah, connect deep so, connections so with music and so amazing. Yeah, so. Alright, so how do you end up in Neil Finn's band for that tour? I mean, obviously you've got this CV, like you're a professional singer, you've got a track record, but how do you end up in Neil Finn's band? It's the funniest story. <laughs> Not what I thought it was funny. We were away um, in Sydney, just like we decided to go for a girls' weekend to Sydney um, to watch Shaka Khan. Yeah. She was doing a free concert, so, you know, the, the fear to... Sydney was well worth it. Yeah. Um, and Bella just, uh, Bella Kalolo yeah. just get, been hanging out with her and just, you know, had been w- hanging out with her idol and our idol. We were yeah. all just so loved up that weekend. It was, it was a really. She was called onto the stage. It was, and, oh, yeah. it's so beautiful. It was amazing. We were, just, that, like, yeah. we were in the audience crying. Yeah. You know, get the idea that we cry a lot, but um, it was it was such an awesome moment. And just as that was happening, I thought, oh, I'll check my email. So I got this email, like, and I read through it, and I was like, I don't believe it. And I had to hand it to one of the other girls and go, could you read this, please, and just tell me I'm not reading things, you know, and I'm not just seeing things. And there's an email from Neil going, hey, I just got your email, um, your address from from Sam Scott, um, and was just wondering if you're available during these times, and if so... Um, we should meet up and go through some songs, see if we're compatible singers. And yeah. Well, have you? I'm like, oh yeah, okay. For like for a whole week from that point on, I thought it was an a elaborate hoax. hoax. <laughs> so who did you think was behind it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the mention of Sam of, Scott. I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. That's a clever alibi. He's, yeah. He's put himself into the context of the joke. <laughs> that's that's really very funny. Um, but then, I, so I was pretty aloof. I was like, oh, yeah, look, I'm in Sydney at the moment. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Thinking it was a complete, I have. And I went, oh, no, it's actually real. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, met up, sang through Weather With You, and he was like, good. Like, okay, that's positive. But we just, um, I think turning up there, we were quite nervous. I was there with, um, there was a couple of others of us there as well. Yeah. I was quite nervous, but then as soon as he came into the room... So it's an audition, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't quite get the context, but then there were a few of us there. Yeah. Okay. And he... Yeah, when he came to the room, I just felt really relaxed. I thought, oh, this is cool. Yeah. We grow up with these songs, and you've probably sung some of them, if not, you know, in the bedroom than on the stage. But did you have to, how much work did you put in before going to see him, or did you just turn I, up? I, I'm going to, we're going to wing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he sent us, um, he sent oh, us so you had an idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he sent songs and um, lyrics and stuff, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You can do that. Uh, and then he said to all of us that were there, like, well, okay, cut, side, so um, when can you start rehearsing? Today? <laughs> so we got in with the band that afternoon, but then had to get, because we'd already had a flight back to Wellington the same mm. day. Um, and then I had to, because I was working here in town, and I said, well, I had to come back to work tell them what was happening and they were like yep sweet see ya <laughs> following day flew back up to Auckland and started rehearsing 
Wow. And that weekend, we flew to Sydney to do um, a TV show. And, oh, yeah, Eddie Vedder's here as well. Like, oh, fuck, what? <laughs> <laughs> you are just taking the piss now, you people. But it was, it's been an amazing ride. Yeah, and, yeah. And when you that at the end of the tour, we've probably never been in the band again. Yeah. But, yeah, that was awesome. That was a moment. That yeah. Was, and how long was that moment all up? It's, um, uh, what? About four months, I yeah. think. Um, oh, no, that's not entirely true. Probably the, the amount of time we all yeah. spent together was about four months. Yeah including rehearsals and the yeah. New Zealand tour. But there was a break in between the world yeah. tour and the... So it's a year of your life. Yeah. With, yeah, with these intense moments and then you go off and do something else. And, yeah. And it's... I mean, I kind of felt like um, watching the Wellington show last year, I kind of felt like the people in the band had still little kind of pinch me on, on, on stage with Neil Finn moments. And Shit, yeah. <laughs> look at it, you know. No, all of it, like, I definitely had, yeah. so, um, yeah, we're all a little bit kind of dumbstruck. Like, every show I'd just be looking at the monitor going, that's Neil's voice, and then just across the way I'd look over, that's Neil, yes. Yeah, you know, pinch me moments, yeah. definitely. And this was a cool band, and it was um, people from quite different ages and stages, different walks of life. Yeah. Um, would, I mean, did you know Jesse Sheehan before? No, I, Not I mean, really? I've come yeah. across him a yeah. couple of times, and I've definitely heard his name yeah. after Smoke Free Rock Quiz. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. a kid to watch out for. <coughs> um, and he's such a sweetheart. Every, we, we all got on really well. Mm. Um, yeah. And but I remember thinking, uh, you know, amazing opportunity, or well, amazing opportunity for all of you, but I mean, here's this young guy at the kind of still at the very start of his career yeah. even though he's you know was sort of clearly as a prodigy and a exactly you know, genius a genius dude. as a teenager i was yeah. um kind of floored by how good he was in that in that role too because well i think he, he is too <laughs> yeah. still you know yeah he's one of those humble self-effacing and i the name escapes me of um the drummer but amazing player i know Alistair. Play- yeah, yeah yeah i know i was playing and yeah um yeah, he's so he's another one that's versatile really adaptable. yeah yeah that's right he's incredible man he's, and I, I just really dug those guys heaps like but it's not but it's not a band you would have put together for example like you, no, would, you wouldn't I mean, have gone i'm going to do a project i mean i'm going to grab jesse i'm going to grab alice you know and then all of a sudden you guys had your own thing going on within the context of serving neil yeah I've, I've seen him play a bunch of times over the years, as I'm sure most of his audience has. They're sort of repeat customers, return visitors, but and he always has this different band that he yeah. puts together, which I think is a nice you know, thing to have happen, too. Totally. It, just, it, it, just, it reinvents it just, the, exactly. him, the songs, and it obviously reinvigorates him. Yeah. And, and it gives people a chance, I guess. You know, it gives people a... You know, when I say a chance, like you're, you're playing to a bigger audience than, yeah, exactly. than you might. You're going to around the world it's crazy like yeah. I mean his fans are incredible yeah. and they follow him everywhere yeah and um, as a result of us playing with him they have now hooked onto our social media right so they're checking thing. out what you're doing yeah. next kind of thing wow. and they're really lovely we've met them like yeah. several times some well, some of them and they're still 
um, people that I would, you know, yeah, yeah. hang out wow. with. <laughs> They're just really sweet. Wow. And so, um, I mean, how, uh, how was the, the tour? It was pretty well received everywhere, I take it. Yeah, I mean. yeah. He, he played some great places, um, had some really cool reviews, you know, I like yeah. reading the reviews, I, I won't lie. And yeah, I just it, and, and because he's so um, he has such a huge catalogue of work, he can change it up. We we learnt about fifty of his ch- wow. two hundred yeah. plus yeah, yeah. tunes, um, and he could mix it up yeah. any night. Like he played twenty a night or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then his solo set is on top of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he'd always play something different, and that's why I guess the fact there were so many repeat visits from yeah, yeah, fans, yeah, because yeah. um, they they're always saying that you know oh, he plays something different every night. So, yeah. so what happens when that tour finishes though? Do you is it something that big that that kind of important? Uh, you know, do you for you do you just sort of go back to work and find the next thing or pick up? the next project or you kind of yeah that's that's kind of how I roll you yeah know? <laughs> um, I guess yeah I just knew that I couldn't rest on my laurels yeah um for the rest of my life you know yeah Not, and because you know I'd get bored really quickly if I if I just sat on my ass and yeah for a week going oh no I need to do something so yeah just come straight back into it it's a pretty, uh, I, I would think it's a pretty emotionally demanding sort of line of work that you've chosen, particularly to be as, as busy and prolific as you are. Well, yeah. To yeah, front I guess, up. Yeah. You know, and phys- you know, physically demanding and all of that as well, but I, I feel like quite an emotionally draining... Can be. I like, you never really, you never really get that, like, because um, I enjoy it so much, I, I don't... I don't recognise the warning signs when, when you know, mm. you, you get to the end of a tour and you're just constantly feeling tired and you're thinking, why why am I tired? You know, mm. not like I've only done two hours work. Um, but, yeah, I guess you forget how much you have to give out of, you know, of your energy and your, your emotional energy too that you kind of forget to take some of that back in. Mm. Um yeah, I guess most musicians, you know, most musicians, that's the same thing. We forgot, forget sometimes that we have to take some time out. Are there people that are quite hard to work for, demanding, do you find, you know... Uh, I'm lucky I haven't struck that yet. Like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm too much of a, like... Thumbs up, yeah, you know, you know, enthusiastic guy, yeah. <laughs> or, or or what? But um, no. you're probably also giving them what they want. You know, you're probably <laughs> you know well, delivering. So I'll I'll definitely helpful. take on board um, direction. I'm, like, sure. The the most difficult ones for me are ones that don't give you any direction. Yeah, just, just yeah, just do it differently, but yeah, not what you were doing. Not but, that. But, yeah, but <laughs> no idea of what else. Yes. Yeah. yeah, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> what you like me to do? Not that again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, but that's usually only in a recording yeah. situation. And I, I guess most people kind of get you in because 
they want you to do what you do. Mm, mm. Whatever that so is. So who, <laughs> who have we not named that you've worked with as well? I mean, it started off, I'm, I'm thinking way back when I was probably first aware of, of, of you as a singer was Ebb. Oh, yeah. And things like the some of the covers gigs, like doing the Supremes. Yeah, man, that's um, right. Which is, oh, which is going quite far back. Yeah. Um, obviously, Fly My Pretties, as, as a, people think of it as a band, even though it's kind of really not. No. It's taken on idea in people's mind as a band. And, yeah. And the Boom Shack band. Oh, that's lots of fun, Obviously man. a lot of fun. What, what makes you, have you, I mean, what would make you turn down a gig apart from the full schedule? Is that the only thing um, Mostly full sh- schedules, the, yeah. the, the clincher, really. But, um, I don't know. There, um, not there many are there things that, that you know you can't do, so, I mean, you know, you're obviously not getting offered every single thing, but are there things that you go, oh, if someone offered me that, I couldn't... Yeah, there, like, there have been a couple of um, last-minute gigs, like, uh, that, oh, there was one just recently, actually, I was asked to do... Um, a song in Te Reo, and they didn't give me any indication of what song that was going to be, they just right. to do one. Yeah. I'm like, is it because I'm your go-to Māori? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, and it was the next day, and I was like, no, that's not going to work for me, but yeah. I can give you names, and yeah, I, I won't do something that's the next day that I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think, I, I don't know there's much, many gigs, oh, there's one coming up this week actually that I didn't think I'd have enough time to do, but, um, I don't have enough time to learn all the songs unfortunately, but, um, I'm going to pop in with a couple and kind of run in, yeah. la, and then run back out <laughs> again. Um, yeah, I don't know, there's not much I'd turn down really, I don't, I don't get, Go to the opening of every envelope, but I will, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I'll read about it the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I've had to turn down a couple of tours, uh, you know, for Neil. Yeah. That was a big. That was a big deal. Yeah. I'm like, oh, look, I'm going to have to not be a- available for three months. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So I want to um, pick up too on you, you mentioning singing and 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 today. Um, I always feel like a bit of a um, a fraud and a heel when I'm sort of writing about um, Maori music because you know my my understanding of the language is is, is primary school level I, a, a handful of words. Well, this is what I was going to ask was how, but but I always I sort of keep sort of trotting out the same kind of phrases and I I mean them. I talk about it being you know. A, a, language born of an oral tradition and a, and a beautiful sounding language and, yeah. that, and that I'm actually quite happy a lot of the time not even knowing what's what's the, what's being said because I can be lost in the in the sound of it yeah um, and I wanted to know what your sort of understanding connection to the to the mute to the language is and your ability there outside of singing um, or do you have to go off and learn I have to go off and learn I'm the same as you like um I'm you know growing up in upper hut you kind of just don't really, you know, you're not really surrounded by a whole bunch of families that speak to you. Yeah. So um, even now our own, like, we we're big on it. Yeah. And, um, I I guess when my dad was growing up, he was you know it was beaten out of him at yeah. school. He, yeah. He went to the 
schools of Hawke's Bay, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of learns now, like he'll sit and, and watch uh, Māori television. I love watching it with him. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of get a little bit of an education, but yeah, we could definitely stand to learn more. Mm, mm. Um, and yeah, and, and my, uh, you know, it wasn't a big thing for me growing up because, you know, it wasn't part of our um, our surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when do you come into contact with it singing? Like I freaking love it. Like yeah, yeah. But then again, like my my understanding again is by the tone of it mm-hmm. rather than what anyone is. Mm-hmm. Um, what what the actual meaning of the words are so so if you have to sing something will you go away and but will you look at a translation though and get some idea of yeah well the most of the time the um the i'm singing with uh women or men who know yeah. what it is so yeah. they'll they'll all wrote it yes so they'll um they'll tell me what it's about and you know yeah. get more of an idea of what it means and yeah. how to like portray it well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when when do you first come into contact with with um, I guess the world of sort of Maori song? Yeah, that was that was, um, I guess you know like growing up and at school you still got there a couple of haka yeah, yeah, groups and yeah. um and you and learn a little bit there but you know because it's not constant it's just you you lose so much, mm. um, yeah and it, it just fills me with joy when I see um, artists like. Rhea Hall and yeah. and Maisie Deaker and uh, just amazing yeah yeah vocalists who who can also speak fluently and and just still able to put that amount of mana in their in their te reo songs you know as well as their English songs. Mm. Um, it's just I I yeah. love watching uh, and listening to them. I kind of think if there was one good thing to come out of that um, recent Timuera Morrison variety show, it was, oh, yeah. it, was a, it was a platform for the modern yeah, variety totally. because they sort of I didn't I didn't always like some of the songs that they were tackling, but just the the, the approach that they had there and the yeah. abilities that they have. It's like it's such a nice mind. throwback to to you know to a lot I guess a lost tradition and a lost era. Yeah. I mean, that's the same things that my aunties and uncles and mum and dad used to do when sitting around the kitchen table. Yeah. That's that's their that's their style. Yeah, yeah. Sitting there with the guitar. It all sort of it sort of comes from in some in some level uh, that uh, like I'm thinking in New Zealand in the in the seventies those sing alongs they sort of come in part from the fifties and sixties and the show band you know like a yeah. cut down version of the show band era and 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 how cool all of those players were. Yeah, touring the world. Yeah. And like they, they get very little kudos yeah. in their own country. That's they're, right. <laughs> they're off in Vegas doing like yeah. seven oh. nights a week just yeah. slamming it, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and re and really good players and it's all about the I think um it's all about the repertoire. Yeah. You know, rather than individual stars. Like they, yeah. they can all play, they can all sing, but it's actually about serving up this body of work, finding yeah. finding good songs and serving them. I remember going to um, the Māori Music Awards a few years ago, up in Hawke's Bay and Hastings, and they, um, and the theme that year was a lot of um, Māori show bands, and they had mm. a few, few of the players from the, 
uh, from the old show bands there and they'd talk about their lives and how they would, you know, do all these things. And then they did a showcase during the, the, um, uh, the show and they all swap instruments. They're all really proficient in every instrument. Yeah, yeah. And they swap instruments and, like, everyone's taking a harmony and, and it's a big... Well, they worked hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were really well appreciated there. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing a, um, a, like a gig years and years ago in, in one of the pubs in, in a covers band, and a guy came and introduced himself to me afterwards and wanted to have a look at the drums, and he was like, oh, I, I used to play... I used to play drums with Tui Tika, but you probably don't know who that is. And I was, I was, like, I was like, I certainly do. And and you know, we got chatting away about that. And he was like, oh, you know, I played in the, you know, I played in the Volcanics for a while. And um, but I'm not really a drummer. I'm a guitar, you know, I'm a guitar, I'm a guitar player. And just I can't remember his name, and I wish I could. But so many wonderful stories. Yeah. I'd sat with him for about an hour after that show. Awesome. And, but I love that he talked about all the different people he played with, all the drum kits he owned, and then and then at the end, sort of half or halfway through, he's like. I'm not really a drummer though, I'm more of a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> and then he listed, you know, half a dozen other instruments. Oh, I learnt piano first and rah, rah, rah. So let's go, let's go back actually, uh, related to that, let's go back to your parents' understanding of music and you getting into singing and, and your dad being self-taught. And what's your grasp of instruments beyond singing? Have you picked up and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and, you know, um, I should have, you know... We discussed it when I was probably at primary school, like late primary school, what instrument I should take up. Yep. Um, and it ended up being flute. Of all things, I learned how to play flute. I'm terrible at it. Um, but, you know, because I never rehearsed, I never, you know, yep. never practiced. That's, that's my thing. I never practiced, I'm terrible. Um, but that was that was my first foray into reading music. Yeah. Uh, so I can read a melody line. Kind of just don't ask me to do anything more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that, and then when I hit high school, I kind of kept doing it, even though my flute teacher was like, oh, she was so patient, such a patient woman. Um, <laughs> I don't know what she thought of me. She just kept on bringing all these jazz pieces out. It's like, let's try this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because she could see I was being a bit bored with, you know, <laughs> little red hen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, then I took up drums. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to uh, Greg Crayford and uh, Lance Phillips. And are you, I mean, are you a drummer? Like, no, hell no, I've got, got no coordination. Um, no, oh no, or rhythm, actually. I have no rhythm. But, um, yeah, I, I guess that they have helped me in some way. Well, you're, you're probably, a, you're sort of, a, well, when I say sort of, I don't mean that disparagingly, but you're... No, definitely you're, sort of. Perhaps reluctantly you're a percussionist, aren't you? You kind of, you know, that, that becomes oh, yes. part of being a backing singer. I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I love playing tambourine because yeah. it, you know, it, for me it's all show. As long yeah, as yeah. I'd, like, I'd, I'd take all the, the um, <laughs> this little thingies out of it just so that nobody could hear what I was playing. Um, but it looks great. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love having something to bash in my hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't give me sticks though, I'm useless with sticks. When do you sort of find yourself in the city and in, in the Wellington 
city sort of music scene or they yeah, as I say you guys all sort of came up at a similar yeah. time Trinity Roots oh, fit pretty <laughs> how do we get from sort of high school and what we're talking about now to, to there um that's a really good question it's kind of this is blank in my memory <laughs> you've blocked it <laughs> you've kind of blocked it um I don't know how it happened like I think I may have found um ah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it like I, I remember a um a karaoke competition that I entered and I came second um but the girl who like part of the prize was going on a bit of a tour with the, the other winners mm. and the girl who came first couldn't do it because she couldn't get time off work I was like yes um <laughs> so I ended up doing this tour and like from that there there are um the winner of the when couples division. Tour, was it a tour of like RSAs? Or Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> and we got an. I don't know. I don't, yeah. Again, it's all a bit patchy, but um. Yeah, the winner of the male division, the winner of the um the, uh, groups division, and me. Yeah. The, the second as the standard you know, first the runner up the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the first runner up yeah. um the yeah we ended up going with a karaoke like taking a karaoke on tour yeah and we learnt up a few songs that we could all do in yeah three slash four part harmony and um just took that around for lower north island for a week yeah, <laughs> and he came home, and then from then on, we decided. Well, now was that one of those? When I said RSAs, were you playing at those sort of pubs where it is? No, actual well, RSAs. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well, what I want to know was, was it a completely disinterested audience? Or were they actually no. quite into it? No, that like we were in the. It was the in their real house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do that, and then at their turn, they yeah. could get up and and start singing their songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that, uh, the winner of the male division, Grant Sullivan, and myself, you know, we're good mates. Yeah. So he introduced me to the guys at the rock shop in Wellington who were putting together a band, worst band ever, and they're probably the first to admit that as well. They spend all their time tuning the guitars. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And taking a different one down off the rack. <laughs> yeah, that that like we rehearse all these songs. We had one gig. Yeah. The end. Yeah. But from there, um, one of the guys put me onto this um this covers band, who were doing the circuit and needed a new vocalist. So, went and met them and. What was the name of that band? Hatman do because <laughs> covers bands always yeah, have great, great, totally, great eh? names. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because they were in the circuit, same circuit as like um, uh, Ian Gordon and Sheree yeah. Matheson, who yeah. were doing Groove Fusion at the time. Yeah. Um, Slam, who had you know Anthony yeah. Picard and Mike Petrie and uh, all those cats in that band. Um, and so that yeah, they they were of that that covers bandy. Um, when covers bands were king, yeah, <laughs> kind of four-hour-a-night gigs and yeah, and just making shitloads of money. So this is what in early into the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, like 
kind of 93, 94. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I met all those cats, started playing with the Hat Man Do, and that's where I met all those, the other, you know. The, yeah. Um, Aaron Tokuna was in um, Groove Fusion with Sheree and yeah. Ian. Um, and then Dallas had just arrived in New- in Wellington from Kaikoura. Um yeah, and though like we all kind of started doing that same. Um, yeah, ninety five is when the um, the Supremes thing oh, yeah, was happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Courtney Place was the place yes. to be, yes. and <laughs> you know it was a um, it was a fun little time. Yeah, and then just you mentioning Dallas there sort of made me think that there was. You know, we get we're getting towards the kind of what becomes known as the Welly Dub thing. Yeah. And 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 you, I, I'm interested to know your experience around that because you're sort of right in the right in the thick of that, but as a sideline. Yeah. Who knew? Player, <laughs> I guess. Um. But but that scene, I mean, any scene kind of ends up revolving around a, a small handful of key players. And mentioning Dallas, I think like he's probably one of the. The key players in the start of that scene, Dallas and Moo, and, yeah. and and then Barnaby Weir, and you know, like yeah. there's the small handful of people that are, you know, directly responsible and now now need to be part of the um, lineup for the firing squad. No, no, it's <laughs> true. Mean it's, no, no, it's true though, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, that those are the, those sorts of names are people that yeah. uh, they've got pulling power and they've got talent and they've yeah. got ideas and. Uh, groups and ideas and projects are starting to form around the yeah so mid 90s was yeah. like the the um the melting the starting point yeah that that whole melt together melt down yeah um, <laughs> the, melt, the melt together yeah. um and and where everyone started like um they were still doing the covers band thing but yeah. started um putting in original stuff like yeah. um I don't know. well that's where so, uh, a couple of years on someone like twin sets a good example of that. yeah yeah totally yeah I, I, I met those guys probably about I don't know I remember yeah, got, 15 years ago yeah, yeah I remember watching them nearly 20 probably nearly 20 years ago and in, in roasters cafe Right. Oh my gosh. Cycle shop or something yeah. now, I think, and they used to play Saturday afternoons. Yeah. Down there, and we'd go and go and get our coffee and smoke cigarettes in the back corner of the <laughs> when you could smoke inside. And that's right. My um my boyfriend at the time used to work next door at the curry club. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right. <laughs> I'd pop in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's right. God. Um. And and the old Matterhorn when it was just yeah, a yeah. one lane. Yeah. <laughs> One lane bar with an, you know, with rice paper on the walls. <laughs> so, have you done some atrocious gigs at this point, like disinterested audiences? Oh yeah, thinking plenty. about thinking I still about do. thinking. <laughs> well, that's what that's kind of what I want to talk about as well. Like think, but in those earlier days, thinking about quitting. You know, why do I bother doing this? No. Or just, or just this is still fun. This is still fun. Like yeah. there, there are times when I'm just feeling really like no energy and um just can't be asked you know like leaving the house even that hasn't come on until probably um much later later in life Mm because you know 
I was so excited about life a few years ago. <laughs> Not so much anymore, but um, no. When you still can find energy from somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there are days where I just can't be, I just don't want to leave the house. <laughs> what are some of these kind of, like, what, what sticks out in your mind as kind of funny, bad gig stories? Oh, so many. Um, I I kind of liked. Um, it becomes a bit of a joke sometimes when you think, okay, um, let's see how many songs it'll take me to get rid of everyone. Um, I, I'm I'm down to um, um, my yeah I'm down to one song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm gonna empty this bar. Let's see how many songs it'll take to what's, empty the bar. What's a good go-to song? To empty a bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, it depends on the audience, really. Yeah, any yeah. any song could be that that yeah. song, and, and probably the way that you you interpret it as well. Probably not not great, but um, yeah, and it, is, it may not be the audience's fault. Yeah, yeah. they probably have to go back and get the babysitting. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's not there. No, well, I've 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 in my very limited abilities and in my limited time playing, I've I've played a lot of. RSAs and uh, working man's clubs and those are the fun ones. They, they are, but you get some fun. You can get some very funny audiences, and I yeah. my, my kind of gig all time gig horror story really is um, being double booked with the rugby, and um, yeah, but, but them deciding that we had to play anyway at the same time, and then um, t- you know telling us to play quieter and quieter, and then. All turning their chairs in the other direction to face to face the screen. Oh, that sucks. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so you just play. I mean, we just played, and then when we tried to stop to take a slightly longer break because no one was interested, they sort of came past and tapped their watches like, you know, you've had seven minutes up yet, and we were like, well, because they they obviously kind of realised they're not getting out of here without us. You know, we're not getting them out of here without paying them. So right. We want them to earn their money, but it was the most ridiculous scenario like no one was listening no one wanted to hear it and yeah. and we were then also distracting them hearing the rugby but it got they they there was a guy fiddling around plugging cables into the back of the tv and um you know connecting it to the bar sound system so that like the rugby just <laughs> we got quieter and quieter oh my God. and then the rugby got louder and louder that's it's pretty, awful it's pretty funny <laughs> have you ever done a racist gig gig I've played at um, I've played. We had a standing gig at Sinn Fein Motorcycle Club. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that comes. Cl- felt it close. felt like it came close. <laughs> <laughs> and there was also um, we weren't allowed. That was one where we weren't allowed to leave. We had to keep playing, and they just keep putting their hat round, and mysteriously oh. these rolls of twenties would just turn up. I don't Shit. know what I don't know what sort of sideline thing they could have been pushing that would, you know, have allow them to have so many $20 notes. Um, no. When, no I, when I knocked on the door and the little slide thing opened up to see who I was and why I had drums, nothing kind of clicked as to why. But, um, <laughs> they, they, um, yeah, I think we did a seven-hour gig one night there. Oh, my I, God. I can remember having blisters and, um, oh. you know, it was on a borrowed drum kit and mine had been stolen that weekend. It was quite a memorable uh, And there it is, in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but, but, um, yeah, I, I don't. They were nice. They were nice enough people to me, but then maybe I was the right colour. <laughs> you know, I don't. Thinking back on it now, maybe it was a racist gig. Oh no, I was thinking races. 
Oh, racism! I said the racist. I know, I know. I know. this whole thing, like you said, it's probably because I've got a block no. Have you got uh, a racist gig? I'm like, yeah, no, I've been looking all my life to do one. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I put, no, I don't think I've ever actually played at a race. Oh, I don't think a I've played race at a race. Match. A that's race, a match. A no, race. No, again, that sounds racist. Um, yeah, yeah, that's to discuss something very yeah. serious. <laughs> It's all the it's all the Facebook memes at the moment that made me think. Oh, this must be a question about racism. Yeah, no. Um, that was a good that was a good tangent to go down anyway. That's cool because I've got a story about that go. too. Um, but yeah, the races um, at the Trentham race yeah. meet. Oh God, that just it's not, it's not getting any better. Um, the like you have to play in between the the races. Yeah. Uh, so if you're halfway through a song, oh, you, you have just to have stop. to stop. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then let the next race go. I see. Then... I've never played in a band that's good enough to to stop while we're going. Like we would never, we would never be able to do that. Like we've still got two verses. Yeah, so well, you need no. to hold those fucking horses. <laughs> oh no, that's actually where the expression "hold your horses" came from. It's like right, my cause... band was playing. And... Oh, <laughs> no, no, I've never done a race course gig. Thank you, thank yeah. you for making it better. Race yeah. course. <laughs> Thank you. Racist um, gigs, though. Let's talk about gig. those. <laughs> well, I, um, there was this gig up, um, up on the Brooklyn Hill, up at that castle, the pink castle, yeah. partway down. And it was a windy, windy night, and it was run by um, the guy who used to do stuff in the forest, um, the the old Moomoo Land oh, yes. gigs. And he put... It was for... Um, God, was it Sinn Féin? No, it was just some motorcycle... We can't give them any more No, no, it can't be. But it was a motorcycle club that had um, that had a lot of bald men in it. And, um, That's totally narrowing it down. Yeah. Hey. Um, and they the brief for me was that I had to stand on the roof and sing um, an aria... Um, as you know, the wind's swirling around me, and they they had a lighting rig to put up on a crane, but it was too windy to do that, uh, so they couldn't put it up. And I just thought, shit, they're gonna kill me. They're gonna they're gonna kill me. I am the wrong colour. Um, so I'll just I'm glad I'm up on this roof because then no one no one can get near me. But as <laughs> Like we got downstairs after afterwards, and it was fine, you know. I'm still alive, and this guy comes up to me, like dressed fairly nice in chambray and jeans, um, and he's like, "Oh hi, la la la, it was really lovely. Like thank you very much." And he's so polite. And he just um, he said, "I called my family who live in Auckland. We like opera, and I called them so that they could hear it." And I'm like, Oh, thank you very much. And as he was walking away, you know, we'd finished the conversation, he's walked away, he's got this massive patch on his back. And I'm like, he didn't kill me. <laughs> he didn't kill me. In fact, he liked it. <laughs> now, but this this is like at the onset of E, so yes. everyone's loved up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, they're no longer violent um, motorcycle crew then. No, they're relaxed and yeah. happy and... Loving and, it. and from doing that gig, I got given a key ring um, that was their motto or whatever. Right. And said, you show that girl, you show that to anyone, they'll help fine. you out. Wow. <laughs> Have you still got it? Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere, but I just can't remember where it is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought that he might have been a bit wrong about yeah. that too, so yeah. I'm not going to try. Yeah. <laughs> um, what other 
Well, that's not a horror story, but what other? We, that's what we started off with. What horror other sort of gig horror stories? Oh, so many. I'm thinking in a sort of a <laughs> imparting wisdom kind of way that you might be able to. Oh. To offer for people to hang in there or, or hang up your boots. <laughs> don't, don't bother. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't pursue this stupid career any no, longer. <laughs> don't do it. Um, <laughs> Oh, look, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm the last person to give advice. Um, but, yeah, probably because I've done all the things, maybe I should. Um, I don't know. Uh, drink lots of water, get lots of sleep. Um, don't party too much. Um, but if you do, and you have a gig, like you've been like talking to the porcelain overnight, and you've got a gig early the next day, Hair of the dog, and, and by that I mean two Bloody Marys in quick succession will perk you up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was the secret to all those great Neil Finn shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was such a nana. I was like, so, no partying for me. I'm just, no, if I've got a two day window, yeah. maybe I'll have a drink. Right. Um, tell me about where the DJing has sort of come into things. And um, that that was born of a. How of, long that's been going exactly? About a few years. Yeah. It's because I started collecting. I'd, I'd hang out with guys when we were on tour, who like collecting vinyl, and of yeah. course I'd go join in. Join in. It's like, oh, actually, I quite like this song. Yeah. Oh, I like this song too. Oh, I quite like all of this stuff. And I started collecting. Um, tunes which like why the hell am I collecting these tunes it's not like yeah I don't play them I don't have a record player at home <laughs> since since changed that um, yeah but then it is a bit like that there for a lot of people yeah. I remember I was kind of the same like I started building up records when I was in between record players yep yeah <laughs> with no you know with no real agenda that no. oh, oh these are just nice to have yeah yeah so yeah. I understand that I think the first one is because um, um, I hung out with these guys, got like a decent amount of records. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um, that's good for anyone listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> a couple of inches deep, and um, got that's, to. That's probably really good for anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> that description. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Think of that, uh, what you will. Um, and I had them in my bag. I don't know why. It's just because I put stuff in my bag and I yeah. never empty it out. Yeah. Um, and and we got two Rhythm and Vines. And somebody came over and was like, anyone got any vinyl? We need someone to take over for an hour at the um, at the yeah. front gate in the hum, Humvee. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So that was one of my first gigs, wow. playing vinyl in the front gate of Rhythm, Rhythm and Vine <laughs> at midday. Wow. And what did you have on hand? Um, what, what? Well, I, I, I had to play both sides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had about a couple, I had about an hour and a half's worth yeah. of um, funk 45s. Nice. Inch. So that's going to, that's going to work. That's, that's good all-purpose yeah. stuff, isn't it? So I was going to say, are you, a, are you a kind of... When you were kind of picking these records, when you were just buying without DJing and then even... Are you a kind of nostalgic 
record picker? Are you? I think are so. Are you channeling into stuff you grew up with, or mostly you know, that's a, that kind is of that the like, trigger? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like funk. I like funk stuff, and it sort of works the, the best better stuff is cro- across a lot of yeah. I feel like it, you know, even people who don't actively listen to funk music, yeah, can kind of dig it when they're out. In exactly, a place, right? Yeah. Exactly. I just don't give a shit if yeah. I'm moving, dancing around. Then yeah, that's good for me. You yeah. know, if it makes me want to want to dance, then so when was your if that was your first gig, which was you know thrust upon you, you seized it yeah. by fluke. When was the second gig? Did, did, um, that, did that do something? Were you like, man, I really got to do that again? That was like a uh, strange start, but I dug it. Or were you not that phased about that? I'm not that phased. Yeah. Like everyone that was come rolling through that gate were like dragging one of their drunk friends along. Yeah, so and there's had, no audience. Yeah, it's it just, was just like just that filler. wasn't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. the the guys that were running it, they they hooked me up a microphone as well, so I yeah. could sing along with some of the instrumental tracks yeah. and just make stuff up. That's, I mean, I I prefer it when fun. people aren't listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, please don't listen to me. I've got nothing to say. Oh, baby, you know I'd do anything for you, and I know there was a time. When you do all for me too But lately there's been a change Something's playing on your mind Yeah, come back to my side We can make it all 